Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Good morning, good morning, good morning. morning. Y'all got that turkey hangover. <laughs> let's do it again. Good morning. Good morning. All right, you guys ready to go this morning? Hey, a couple of things real quick. First of all, as you saw, this Wednesday night is our Lyft Men's Night at 6.30 in the Generations Building. It's our last Lyft of 2023. We've had a great year for Lyft, so make sure you come out. We've had huge crowds, a lot of good stuff, so make sure you come out this Wednesday night for our last Lyft of 2023. Uh, we won't have another one until February. And also, I wanted to pop this up on the screen. These are just a few things that are coming up in the month of December. As you saw, next weekend, we have a guest who will be here for his Christmas tour. Uh, these events that you see are, are great opportunities to uh, bring somebody out during the month of December. We'll tell you more as those come along, but you might want to take your phone out and take a picture so you know what's going on, so you don't miss anything. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more of those as they come along, but that's what's coming up over the next few Weeks. Can you believe it's December? How many can believe it's December? Three of you, right? The rest of us. Yeah, it's it's um it's, it seemed like it came really fast this year. But we're gonna wrap up a series this morning. And I was thinking about this. I just throw this out there. I know what the answer to this is, but um, how many how many of you could could say this with certainty that um, God's been faithful? in your life. And there's nothing like the faithfulness of God. And I, I was thinking about, about that because that's, that's sort of easy to say. And when you're studying in scripture, we know faith's a big deal, but really faith and faithfulness are the same. It's the same word. And, I, and I, I'm glad we can rely on the faith of God, the faithfulness of God. And, and I, so I, I wrote these down in if this is true in your life, because this has been true in my life, maybe you could just give a shout out or thank you, Jesus, or uh-huh, mm-hmm, something as I read these. Um, has God ever, I know God's been faithful um, when I've failed. I, I know it's shocking to you that I may have failed a time or two. <laughs> I, it's pretty much something I'm consistent at, but, but, but in, in moments of failure, God's always been faithful. Um, uh, times when maybe I was discouraged or even defeated, guess what? God was, was always faithful. Anyone else? Um, anyone ever been through a trial? Anyone in one right now? <laughs> well, I want you to know, did God show himself faithful in that trial? And our minds often forget because if he was faithful in a trial one time, he'll be faithful in whatever trial that you might be up against in your future. Um, anyone ever let God down? Did he stay faithful? Yeah. Um, was God faithful when maybe someone said something that hurt you? Was God faithful? I'm sure you could add a few to these. Um, maybe you were persecuted. Was God faithful? Anyone ever feel forgotten? Guess what? God was faithful. God was faithful to bring what? Victory. And I want to ask this last one. Was God ever faithful to you when you least deserved it? So God is the essence, or he's the description, or he's the definition of, of guess what? Faithfulness. And this, this is Thanksgiving weekend, and we have so much to be what? Thankful for when it comes to the faithfulness of God. And I just want you to know this, that 
we can look back in the rearview window and say God was faithful. But I also believe this, that you can look out the front window and know this, that God will continue to be faithful. It's just what God does. It's just who God is. And if there's one thing you can rely on, it's just the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And so a few weeks ago, we started a series called The Grip of Grace. And so we came out of talking about how God blesses us, and we started just looking at the, at the goodness and the grace of God. And we realized that, that there has to be some things that keep us in the grip of his grace. And we've been talking about that. We're going to wrap that up this morning, and we'll have a, a guest with us next week. But when I say grace, what is it that I really mean? Well, this is the definition of grace. It's the undeserved, unearned, and unmerited what? Favor of God. It's just a manifestation of the goodness of God toward those of us who uh, don't really deserve it and can't ever pay him back for it. And I want you to know that it took grace to save you. It'll take grace to sustain you. Um, and I just want to challenge you with this. Make grace your go-to. If you come up in a religious setting, um, sometimes we struggle with grace. And I want you to think about this. It, it was grace that saved you. And it's, what, and it's going to be grace to get you across the finish line. Grace isn't just a doctrine. It's, it's not a topic. It's actually the person of Jesus. And, and when you study the word grace, you're going to find out that it has this meaning like a, that a superior takes a particular liking in an inferior and does for them what they can't do for themselves, knowing they would never be able to repay them for it. And, and, and I would say this, that the grace is, is reliable. But I, I want to pull up a scripture that we've been using as our theme for this series. And this is in the book of Galatians. This is chapter 2. This is the amplified version. And I picked it just because it, it, it amplifies some verbiage here. So verse 21 says, So therefore, don't treat God's gracious gift as something of, look what it says, minor importance. Because if we treat it as minor importance, it defeats its very purpose. Uh, can I just give you my translation? Um, grace is a big deal. It, it, when we reflect it and only make it a doctrine or only make it a topic and minimize its importance, it loses its very purpose. It loses its very effect in, in our lives. Let's read on. Look what it says. So don't set aside and invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace or the unmerited favor of God. So apparently when we read in Scripture, there, are, there is something or some things or some attitudes or some behaviors, or probably some beliefs that treat the grace of God as minor importance and, and can therefore invalidate the gift, the gracious gift of God. That, that's what this scripture, this scripture is telling us. It can frustrate that gift. It can invalidate that gift. It can nullify the unmerited favor of God in our life. Well, no one wants that, right? We want that gift to be amplified and magnified and understood. But the Bible goes on and it says, if justification or righteousness or being acquitted from your guilt just comes by the law, then Christ died groundlessly and to no purpose, and his death was in vain. And what, that is, what that's meaning is, it's not law, it's not tradition, it's not your works, it's the grace of God that not just saves you, but it empowers you. But we, we, we want to make sure that our lives remain centered in the, in, in the grisp, uh, the grisp, the grasp, of God's grace. And so in, in 
studying that scripture, I just got to thinking, what is it that keeps you and me in the grip of God's grace? And so week one, we realized this, that it's God's greatness that keeps us in the grip of his grace. It's just the greatness of God that keeps us in his saving grace. It is just the fact that God is a great God that gave uh, his son to us, who gave his life that saved us by his what? His grace. Amen? Amen. And so we realize what keeps us in a place where we don't invalidate that grace, where we make it of major importance, not minor importance. It's just knowing this. It's the greatness of God. I mean, God's just great. He, He can save you. No matter how jacked up you were, he saved you. So not only, number one, was the greatness of God, but we found this out last week, the goodness of God keeps you in the grip of his grace. And the goodness of God being the grace that is sufficient in your life, we looked at this last week, Paul, Paul had this thorn in his flesh that he kept praying God would take away, and God says, you know what, actually, my grace is going to be more than what? Sufficient. In other words, no matter the dilemma, how many know there's a greater degree of grace? And so we looked at, it's just the greatness of God And it's the goodness of God that have kept us in the grip of grace. But I want to add one more to that today. And I believe it's the combination of these three things that keeps us so centered in the grace of God. You ready for this last week? Here we go. Our gratitude keeps us in the grip of his grace. So his greatness, his goodness, and guess what? Our gratitude. Our gratitude keeps us in the sustaining grace of God. Everybody say gratitude. Well, I know you're thinking what's, that's a proper word for this weekend, uh, uh, for Thanksgiving, for the holiday that we just celebrated, but, but, but it's not just a holiday. It, it, it is uh, so important that we live a lifestyle of gratitude. Now, our word gratitude comes from a Latin word, and guess what the Latin word means, uh, the Latin word for gratitude? It's the word for grace. So gratitude and grace are, are connected. And the Latin word, which we get our word from, means this. It's an attitude that is always aware of God's goodness. That's what gratitude is. It's just always being aware of God's goodness. Now, I do believe as believers, as Christians, as Christ followers, we understand gratitude. But how many know the world, the, life, the, 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 the culture around us sometimes can, can wear on your gratitude attitude? But it's just this attitude that you and I have that we're always aware of the goodness of God. And I want to challenge you, don't let that ever be something that, that slips from your mind, that slips from your heart, that slips from your emotions, that we, we should live with, guess what, an attitude of gratitude. Now, if you, if you go and you look at the word for gratitude in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it, it's actually the word for thankfulness or to be full of thanks which also means an attitude, check this out, that acknowledges a benefit that we have received or we will receive. So the Latin word is an attitude and the Bible word is also an attitude. One is that we're always aware of the goodness of God, but in the Bible we see that that we're anticipating, we're expecting, or we're acknowledging that we have received a benefit or that we will receive a benefit. Well, what's that? that? That's how faith works. But gratitude means I'm very aware that I have received a benefit from God. But not only I'm a, I'm, am I aware, I know I keep talking in tongues today, uh, I'm not only aware of the goodness of God that he has done in my life, but I'm living with an anticipation that he will continue 
to be faithful in my life. And that's what the Bible word for gratitude is. Let me give you a really good scripture. This is 1 Thessalonians. This is chapter 4, verse 18. Look what it says. And then in the midst of everything, y'all got that? In the midst of what? Everything. I like how it's worded. Be always giving what? Thanks. It's another way of saying be thankful. Look what it says. This is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. The perfect plan for God is that in the midst of everything, we should always be what? Thankful. That means we have a constant attitude of what? Gratitude. What is it that keeps you in the grip of grace? Well, it's the greatness of God, it's the goodness of God, and it's your gratitude. Now think about those things. The combination of his greatness, his goodness, and your gratitude keeps you firmly in the grasp, in the grip of grace. Just remaining thankful. And I, I was doing a little bit of reading, and there, there, this is not on the screen, but I think discovering how thankful you are shows up in a couple of ways. Uh, I think it shows up in how content you are. And I just want to say contentment is a project. Just when you think you've got it, remember it's an attitude. Just when you think you've got it, how many of we can, we, we can lose our contentment really quick sometimes? Something happens, something doesn't go our way, we think something, someone doesn't say something, someone does say something, something works out, something doesn't work out, things don't go how we think they should, things go to, and just this contentment, we have to continue to allow ourselves to be really content in the things of God, because they're, they're the most important things. But contentment is a sign that, you know what, you, you're walking with an attitude of, of, of gratitude. I thought this was an interesting one, too. Creativity. Creativity is another sign that you're walking with an attitude of gratitude. Now, creativity can really, you know what creativity is? It's, it's just finding solutions. See, if you're walking in gratitude, you're much more likely to find solutions in your life instead of being what? Griping about the situation. You know, when you come up against something, you have a choice. I, I can get down in the mouth about this. I can have a bad attitude about this, or I can trust, and you know, the Holy Spirit is, is a creative force. He's a creative person. He was there at creation, creating things. The Word of God has creative power. The power of God is creative power. The work of Jesus is creative power. There's creative capacity in your life as a believer. No matter what you're up against, you have the creative force of God, his son, and his spirit working on your behalf. But when you, get in, when you're, when you lack gratitude, you, you have a tendency not to recognize those things. So a sign that you're living with an attitude of gratitude is you're content, that you're creative. And here's the other one, you're cooperative. I know I wouldn't get a lot of amens on that one. But, the, you know, if you're ever around somebody, they just don't want to cooperate. They're usually somebody who's not very thankful. But how many know when you're thankful, hey, you need something? I'm there. Can I help you with that? It, it, can I lend, lend you some assistance? That means you're living with an attitude of gratitude. Now, don't raise your hand, but how would you rate those areas in your life? Do you find yourself very creative? Do you find yourself very cooperative? Do you find yourself very content? Or do you find yourself the opposite? Because I want to tell you the opposite of thankfulness is what? 
unthankfulness. And unthankfulness has a voice. Are you ready for it? It's a spirit of criticism. It's, it's being critical. Or let's put it this way, um, complaining. Y'all didn't say amen on that one either. But complaining is the voice of an unthankful heart. It's the voice when we know we're lacking gratitude in certain areas of our lives. Now, remember what keeps you in the grip of the grasp of the grace of God. Well, we know it's his greatness. We know it's his goodness. Thank God. Anyone thankful for his greatness and his goodness. But what about our gratitude is part of that formula. Criticism, criticalness, complaining. Complaining is dangerous. Did a little research for you. One, they say every time you complain, it starts rewiring your brain. It starts rewiring. So you're trying to live with a grateful heart, trying to live with a grateful disposition. But when you allow yourself to get into complaining, and hey, I get it. There's a lot to complain about out there. Especially this time of year. I, I'll just be honest with you. No one knows how to drive right now. When you're unthankful, listen to this. It rewires the mental paths of your mind. It causes your heart rate, your blood pressure to increase. It releases dangerous amount of adrenaline and cortisone into your body. It, kill, it hinders killer cells. We have killer cells in us that deal, deal with the bad stuff, and it, it hinders that process. It actually can alter your memory. It will dull your reasoning, cloud your focus. It will cause you to gain weight. It affects your digestive tract. I mean, we're not here for a science lesson today, but I'm just saying, it's not just your opinion you're throwing out there. It actually has an effect on you. And I thought this was interesting. When you are apt to complain, it causes you to actually start reliving the painful experiences that you're complaining about and your emotions. And they actually say this, that uh, if you're a, a constant complainer, you're going to live five less years than people who are more grateful. Now, I'm not just here to give you a science lesson to try to encourage you to like, do better with your words, but, but, but I am here to, this morning to say that we need to rely on the grace of God and trust in the grace of God and enjoy the grace of God, and let's not let things frustrate the grace of God. So we need to remain grateful people. Now, in Psalm 103, I'm about to read to you, this is David talking to himself, and he's encouraging himself to remember the goodness of God. And I'm going to read it in a different translation because I like the poetic language that's in this translation. This is Psalm 103. That, that's the famous passage of Scripture where it says, remember all the benefits. Y'all have read that before, okay? I'm going to read it to you from a different translation. This is Psalm 103. Everybody say the word's good. Look, look what it says here. With my whole heart and with my whole or entire life, and with my innermost being, I bow and wonder and love before you, the holy God, Yahweh. You are my soul's celebration. Don't you like that? How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness that you've done for me? You kiss my heart with forgiveness in spite of everything I've done. You've healed me on the inside and the outside from every disease. You've rescued me from hell, and you have saved my life. You've crowned me with love, and you've crowned me with mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life 
so that I soar again like, like a flying eagle in the sky. That's the Passion Bible. Uh, I, I know we, a lot of times we read the other translation. I, I, just, I just love that, that phrase, you have supercharged my life. Now listen, I know as believers, there's a lot of sayings, there's a lot of verses we, sh- we shake our hands to, we give it amen, we, we wave our hankies. And sometimes it can sound cliche, it can sound routine, it, it can sound like the thing we're supposed to do, the thing we're supposed to say. But I really want to challenge you with this. God does want to supercharge your life. And I believe that grace is the power that supercharges our life. Now, um, let's, let's make some points this morning because I was thinking that if, if, if our gratitude is, is part of the formula for staying right in the middle of the grasp of God's grace, what does that mean? What does that look like? So let's make some points. You ready? First point, first light point is this. Gratitude always remembers his saving grace. Gratitude. Now remember, gratitude is this attitude of, of being able to acknowledge God in everything. Um, it's this attitude of recognizing every benefit that we have received and the ones that we still will receive. So if we're going to continue to have an attitude of gratitude, it's real important because here's what gratitude does. Gratitude always remembers his saving grace. We talked about that in week one. The greatness of God is what saved you. Now, I don't believe that we should go around always thinking about who we were, but can we just for a, rem- for a moment pause and remember who you were before you met grace? Now, you look good now. You look good this morning. You, you, you smell good. You sound good. There was a time you were nasty. Now, I, I'm being a little funny with this, but um, there, there was a time that, that you sinned really good. Any, anybody in here that you were a professional sinner? I, I, anyone made some pretty big mistakes in here? So you understand that if it wasn't for God being so good and God being so loving that he sent his only son, if it wasn't for that, there would be no grace for you to have come to Jesus and, and be saved, be born again, be forgiven, be justified, be redeemed, be rescued, and be turned into the person that you are today. You would have been helpless. You would have stayed in a position of living in the consequence of your sin. But how many of you are grateful for God? Amen. And this is what gratitude does. Gratitude always, it doesn't have to remember who you were, but it does remember that it has this ability to remember that if it wasn't for his grace, you would have been worse than what you were. And you would have been lost, helpless. Some of you may not be sitting here today. Some of you wouldn't be in the condition that you're in. That you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you were. And I know that sounds cliche, but, but even, even how about this? Even since you were saved, anyone failed a little bit? Well, it's the saving, life-changing grace of God that gratitude has memory of. And we have to really watch ourselves because we can get in church for a while. We can get involved in some church things for a while. We can grow in God for, for, for a while till we get to the place that, that we often start to rely on our own attendance or our own works or our own abilities. 
It wasn't your ability to ever got you saved. It wasn't your ability to ever got you to the foot of the cross. It was never your ability that ever got your life changed. It was you coming to a place where you surrendered to the grace of God. And the grace of Jesus, the grace of God, is really the gospel. The word gospel, I know you, I've said this, but it, it literally means this. Hey, this sounds too good to be true. That's what the word gospel means. And Jesus came what, bringing the gospel, and it, it does sound too good to be true, but it is good, and it is true. That it is Jesus who came and shed his blood on the cross and died so that blood would cover your sins so you would be justified. Justified means as if you'd never sinned before. Forgiven, free, redeemed, rescued. You're born again. You had to be born again because you were born in the flesh one time. That didn't work, so you were born again spiritually. You were reborn. You're saved, you are set free, you are redeemed, you're going to heaven when you quit breathing, or if you're alive when he comes back, you're going to be beamed up, Scotty. That's the essence of the Christian message. That's the essence of hope. Gratitude, which means the way we live, the attitude we live with, always remembers his saving grace. Always remembers his saving grace. Anyone grateful for his saving grace? The Bible says this, that our iniquities visit three to four generations, but mercy visits, what, a thousand generations. The Bible's very clear that it says this, he's not holding your sin against you. The Bible actually says he's separating it from you as far as the east is from the west. It was red as crimson, but he turned it white as snow. In other words, we have to live in such a way, we have an attitude, guess what, that we remember the saving grace of God. I, I, I have a... Um, I, a minister that I like to watch a lot. He's probably the best faith-filled teacher of the, great, uh, the Greek language, and I love what he says when he's asked, how are you? His answer is always, I'm grateful. You ever have someone say, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, maybe you're not doing great. You just lied, right? But, but you're having a bad day. But we can always say what? I'm grateful. And what he means by that, that's a disposition that he always lives by. Before I move on to the second point, th th there's a word or some phrasing, and it is throughout the Bible. And it's there because God knows us so well. You know how many times through the Bible it says something like this, don't forget, remember, recall? You know why? Because we can get a little bit forgetful sometimes. We can get a little bit separated from our salvation moment. We can get a little bit further down the road, but how many know we cannot become forgetful for the work of Jesus that saved us? Amen. So gratitude always remembers his saving grace. Secondly, gratitude always recognizes his sufficient grace. Always recognizes his sufficient grace. 1 John chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. From his abundance, not yours, his. I mean, God has things in abundance. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. God's not a one-stop deal. He is ongoing. One gracious blessing after the, in the Greek it means he stacks grace on grace on grace on grace. For the law was given through Moses, so the law was given, but God's unfailing love or his grace came to us. The law was giving, grace came to us. 
But what God wants to do is stack grace upon grace upon grace in our life. What that means is there was saving grace that we need to remember, but there's also sufficient grace that we have to keep recognizing every day in our life. No matter the situation you're in, no matter the dilemma that you're facing, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on, if you're in a good season, a rough season, if you're in the mountaintop, if you're in the valley, if you didn't see it coming, if you're loving life, if it's challenging right now, if there are things happening in your life right now, if there's things you're desiring to be better, I want you to hear this. That, that it's grace that's sufficient. As long as we keep recognizing grace. Well, once again, what is grace? It's the un, uh, unmerited, unearned, undeserved goodness of God manifesting in your life that you don't deserve and you can't pay him back for. So what does gratitude do? It, it, it's an attitude that always recognizes that no matter what your situation is, guess what? Grace is more than sufficient. If your situation you're going through right now is emotional, if it's relational, if it's financial, if it's physical, I want you to know grace is still your go-to. If it can save you and rescue you from hell, it can be there for your healing. It can be there for your financial breakthrough. It can be there for your relationship mending. Grace is your go-to. And God wants to stack grace on grace. He wants to start it with salvation and keep stacking it in your life. And gratitude is an attitude that you live in such a way that you're not just grateful for salvation, but you're also, uh, you're also recognizing that that same saving grace is the same sufficient grace in your life. If it, was, if it saved you, it's sufficient for what you're going through right now. In other words, let me put it this way, just very, very bluntly, grace has got you. Grace has got you. If you'll make grace your go-to, grace is worth going to. It's your it's your go-to, and it's, it's, it's got you. If your challenge is a level three, grace provides a level seven. It floods the bank, the Bible says. It's always what? More than enough. But sometimes what happens in our life is we're not in that place of contentment. We're not in that place of cooperation. We're not in that place of creativity. We're in that place of complaining. And that complaining cuts off your praise. It cuts off your expectation. And how many know it's, it's real easy to go from praise to complaining sometimes? But you can't do them both at the same time. By faith, sometimes we have to keep our praise on. We don't understand why this is going on. Why did that have to happen? I didn't cause that. Sometimes you may have caused it. But in the middle of it, grace is still your go-to. We have to watch sometimes because sometimes you and I make other things our go-to. Sometimes we make other things our go-to, other people our go-to, other emotions our go-to. Sometimes we make a substance our go-to. Sometimes we make a gossip our go-to. Sometimes we, sometimes we just have these other go-tos. And I want you to know, none of those things will get you across the finish line. None of those things will get you out of the pit. None of those things will get you through and over the mountain. None of those things will get you up and out of the valley. None of those things will. But grace that saved you will also be the same grace that's sufficient while you're in it. While you're walking through it, while you're going, and gratitude keeps us in an attitude of always, always knowing that grace is sufficient. Whatever, whatever you're in right now, I want you to know that the degree of the dilemma, there's, there's a greater degree of grace that's available. And I mentioned this earlier, a sign that you're full of gratitude is creativity. And if you're in a perplexing problem right now, I want you to know that if your attitude's right, 
you'll just understand that no matter what this looks like or feels like that I'm in right now, God will have a creative solution because he's a God of wisdom. It, it, it may not be how you thought. It may not be how you figured it out. It may not be how you've calculated it, but God in his, his omniscient, and God in his amazing wisdom will, will do what? He, he'll give you a creative solution. He'll create a creative solution, and you'll not only come out, you'll come out not smelling like the smoke. I, I like to say it this way, that no matter what part of your race you're in, there's enough of God's grace for your race. See, there's some things that you may not expect that God knew they were coming. There might have been some things you, that were unexpected, but God knew. God knew. And no matter what's involved in your race, the twists, the turns, the pursuits, the uphill climbs, the downhill run, no matter what, there's enough grace for your race. So if you, if you are saying, I don't know if I can do this, it's the wrong attitude. I don't know why I have to, it's the wrong attitude. If you just recognize that, hey, no matter what, I'm going to rely on his grace, and he will bring you through. Because his grace is not sufficient, it's more than sufficient. Someone say Amen. All right, let's, about, let's wrap this up. Let's get to the last point here. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14 says this. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. He wants to pour out his grace, what? Not a little dabble, do you? Not enough just to get you by this afternoon, but what? He wants to pour it out, what? Abundantly. Romans chapter 5, look at verse 1 and 2. Anyone getting something good on this? Verse 1 and verse 2. Therefore, since we have been justified via faith, then we have peace with God through Jesus, through whom we have gained access by what? By faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Oh, what do we stand in? We stand in what? His grace has been poured out what? Abundantly on us. But how do you access grace? Faith. Anything that God will give you or wants to give you is a free gift, but it's only accessed by what? Faith. The only way it's accessed is by what? The only way you get it is by what? So our faith, and faith comes by hearing and hearing. So we need to hear about grace so we can depend on grace and put our faith in the goodness of God. Many of you heard growing up that God was not a good God, that he was a God of wrath, that he was a God of judgment. And then you learned last week, I said, hey, the Bible says to come to the throne of what? Grace, not judgment, but to come to the throne of grace, and when you do, you receive two things at the throne of grace, grace and mercy. Literally, it means he throws you a rope. So we should come to the throne of grace with an anticipation. It says come boldly. Come, it literally means to come in a frank manner. So not only does gratitude remember his saving grace, gratitude also recognizes his sufficient grace. Here's the last point. Gratitude relies on his sustaining grace. Gratitude relies on his sustaining grace. In other words, let me sum it up this way. Um, he is the same Yesterday, 
He's the same right now as he was yesterday, and he'll be the same in your tomorrow, just like he is right now, just like he was back then. So what am I saying? His grace saved you. It's sufficient. It'll sustain you tomorrow. I'll prophesy this to you, that if you'll, if you'll remain in the grip of grace, not only will you get to the finish line, you're going to win your race. Not only are you going to see a breakthrough, you're going you're gonna to only break through, you're going to go over this thing. Not only are you going to experience a, a breakthrough, you're going to step into a next level of freedom. Not only are you going to come out of your financial crunch, you're going to come out with a blessing. Not only are you going to come out of your physical setback, you're going to come out healed and whole. Not only are you going to come out of a rough marriage situation, you're going to come out restored. You're going to come out on a better level. What the enemy meant for evil in your life, God will sustain you tomorrow. He'll turn it for his good. That's the grace of God working in your life. So you, you say, well, that's quite the attitude, right? Well, that's the disposition of gratitude, that if he did it then, he's doing it now, I'm going to rely on it tomorrow. And to put faith in that grace is what will get you across the line. Look at someone next to you and say, I'm crossing the finish line. The word sustain means to strengthen or to support. To strengthen or to support. So gratitude is the key. Uh, let me say it this way. A gr an attitude of gratitude is the key here. Um, let me summarize this. We're going to sing. We're going to take communion. We're going to have a grateful moment to close out this morning. But there's this God side of things. And the God side of things is God's a great God. What I mean by that, he's, he's all-powerful. He's mighty. And it's his greatness that was creating a plan of salvation that sent his son, and it saved you. Nothing else could say you couldn't save you. A person couldn't save you. Nothing particular could save you but the power of God. That's the greatness of his saving grace. And once you've experienced that, and you begin to go through life, just like Paul faced some obstacles, and he started to call out for God for those obstacles to disappear. And God said, no, no matter what comes or goes, my grace is actually more than sufficient. That was God's answer. More than sufficient. That's his sufficient grace. That's your yesterday, that's your right now, and your tomorrow, the same grace that saved you, and I've said this and said this in this message, the same grace that saved you is the same grace that's sufficient for you, and it will be the same grace that sustains you. So the greatness of God, the goodness of God, and your gratitude keeps you from invalidating and minimalizing the grace of God. Anyone grateful for his grace?
I've heard so many things over the years. So, some things like, I'm just an old wretched sa- sinner saved by grace. Well, that, that's, that's who you were. Be grateful for that. But that's not how you cross the finish line. You, you cross the finish line. You might have started there, but you, you cross the finish line free. You cross the finish line being the head, not the tail, being above, not beneath. In other words, the power of grace didn't just pull you out of a pit. Psalm says this, it lifted you out of the pit, out of the mud, out of the mire. It set your feet on the rock and it established your goings. So grace didn't just get you out of the pit. Grace is what brings you into the palace. It's not just what pulls you up out of the mud. It's what you can rely on as you go forward. Isn't God good? Can we just tell him for a moment how good he is? Father, you're so good. You're so worthy. You're so, so good. Has he been good to somebody? you know that silent gratitude is useless? Silent gratitude, silent thankfulness is really useless because it means to feel, but it has to be expressed. That's what praise is. It's what worship is. It's our outlet to express our gratitude. It's our outlet to express our thankfulness. It's our outlet to express our remembrance of him. It's our, it's our outlet to express our belief in him, it's our outlet to express our anticipation. That's what our praise is. That's why complaining is the total opposite. Can we stand to our feet? Did y'all get something good this morning? Get something good out of the series? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just thank you. Father, we thank you. Think for a moment what he brought you out of. Think for a moment what he's brought you through. Think about for a moment what he's bringing you into. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.